Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. If you want to go to Vegas without me, that is totally cool. What are you talking about? Well, you know, Phil and Stu, they're your buddies, and it's your bachelor party, and those two love you. Boys and their bachelor parties, it's gross. It is gross. I just wish your friends were as mature as you. They are mature, actually. You just have to get to know them better. Paging Dr. Douchebag! So live your life! Now this is Vegas! Do a night we'll never forget. last night am I missing a tooth oh <laughs> whose baby is that check its collar or something I looked everywhere nobody's seen Doug I don't think I've ever been this hungover what's on your arm you were in the hospital last night <laughs> <laughs> the only important thing now is that we find Doug where's your car officers oh uh, yeah I think it was just you guys and one other guy. Was he okay? He was fine. Just whacked out of his mind. <laughs> oh, we were messed up. Is there anything you can tell us about what may have happened last night? Congratulations, dude. You got married. He is wearing my grandmother's Holocaust ring. I didn't know they give out rings at the Holocaust. These gentlemen volunteered to demonstrate how a stun gun is used to subdue a suspect. Wait, Wait a second. What? In the face! No! I'm sure you're qualified to be taking care of that baby. Oh my god! We're getting married in five hours. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. What is going on? Mike Tyson? This is my favorite part coming up right now. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover The Hangover from 2009. The studio was Warner Brothers. The release date was June 5th, 2009. The running time, 100 minutes, and the rating of R. The budget was $35 million, and the box office took in a smashing $277 million. It was the sixth ranked movie of 2009. That, that was just domestic. It took in an additional $191 million internationally. It was a huge, huge smash hit. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 78% fresh from 238 reviews, and the critics' consensus is, with a clever script and hilarious interplay among the cast, The Hangover nails just the right tone of raunchy humor and the non-stop laughs overshadow any flaw. Roger Ebert at the time gave it a three and a half out of four stars, and here's his review. Now this is what I'm talking about. The Hangover is a funny movie flat out all the way through. Its setup is funny. Every situation is funny. Most of the dialogue is funny, almost line by line. At some point, we actually find ourselves caring a little about what happened to the missing bridegroom. And the fact that we almost care is funny too. 
All right, now I'm going to remove some of the plot points because, of course, that's my job. So we'll, we'll go back into the review. The Hangover isn't simply a laugh riot. I won't go as far as to describe it as a character study, but all three men have profound personality problems, and the Vegas trip works on them like an applied emergency therapy. <laughs> the dentist is rigidly ruled by his bitchy girlfriend. The school teacher thinks nothing of stealing the money for a class trip. And Alan, well, Zach Galifianakis' per performance is the kind of breakout performance that made John Belushi a star after Animal House. He is short, stocky, wants to be like, has a yearning energy, and was born clueless. It is a tribute to Galifianakis' acting that we actually believe he is sincere when he asks the clerk at the check-in counter, is this the real Caesar's Palace? <laughs> Does Caesar live here? The Hangover is directed by Todd Phillips, whose old school and road trip had their moments but didn't prepare me for this. The screenplay is by John Lucas and Scott Moore, whose Ghosts of Girlfriends past certainly didn't. This movie is written, not assembled, of out-of-the-shelf parts from the Apatow Surplus store. There is a level of detail and observation in the dialogue that's sort of remarkable. These characters aren't generically funny, but specifically funny. The actors make them halfway convincing. Phillips has them encountering a mixed bag of weird characters, which is standard, but the characters aren't. Mr. Chow, played by Kang Jeong, is the vertically challenged naked man they find locked in the trunk of a police car, is strong, skilled in martial arts, and really mean about Alan's obesity. <laughs> he finds almost anything a fat man does to be hilarious. When he finds his clothes and his henchmen, he is not to be trifled with. Jade, played by Heather Graham, is a stripper, is forthright. Well, actually, I'm an escort, but stripping is a good way to meet clients. <laughs> she isn't the good-hearted cliche, but more of a sincere young woman who would like to meet the right kind of guy. The search for Doug has friends piecing together clues from the ER doctor, Mike Tyson security tapes, and a mattress that is impaled on an uplifted arm of one of Caesar Palace's statues. The plot hurtles through them. If the movie ends somewhat conventionally, well, it almost has to. Narrative house cleaning requires it. It begins conventionally, too, with uplifting music and a typeface for titles that may remind you of my best friend's wedding. But it is not to be. Here is a movie that deserves every letter of its R rating. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, especially after you throw up. And that's the end of Roger Ebert's review. All right, every now and then... I'll see a movie that turns out to be way better than I could ever have imagined. And when I first heard about The Hangover, I was interested because I liked the director, Todd Phillips. And, and as Ebert mentioned, I loved old school. And of course, I liked Road Trip. But again, I didn't expect to be laughing like an idiot the whole time in the theater. Now, I was already a fan of Zach Galifianakis because I knew about his stand-up act. And so to go see him go over so well on the big screen was awesome. And The Hangover is yet another case where the original movie is far better than the sequels. Now look, the sequels all have their moments, but the first movie was so original and so unexpected that nothing could really top it. And man, the closing credits were some of the funniest moments I've ever seen in a movie, and especially in a theater. They are so creative and just brilliant. Speaking of Zach Galifianakis, I got to see him perform stand-up with David Cross and Maria Bamford, Al Madrigal, and Doug Benson at a special New Year's Eve show in 2005 at the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco. It was one of the best comedy shows I've ever seen, and if you haven't seen Zach Galifianakis do stand-up way back when, go check it out. It's, I'm sure it's on YouTube. All right, let's get into the main cast. 
course, you have Bradley Cooper playing Phil. Now, today, Cooper is one of Hollywood's top stars, but back in 2009, he was still on the rise and not yet a household name. Now, Cooper's career started in the early 2000s, mostly on a TV series that did not survive past a season or two. However, he did have successful recurring roles, like on the show Alias, as Will Tippin, for a number of seasons. He appeared in funny bit roles in movies like The Wedding Crashers and Failure to Launch. But really, it was The Hangover that I and many other people started to notice Cooper, and he continued to flourish since. Ed Helms plays Stu, and just like Cooper, The Hangover would be the big break for Helms, and I first discovered Helms for his reporter spots on The Daily Show in the mid-2000s, hosted by Jon Stewart. All right, Zach Galifianakis plays Alan, and as I mentioned earlier, I was a big fan of Galifianakis' comedy, and it was totally different than most comedians at the time, because he would just tell these off-the-wall, non-sequitur jokes while playing the piano. And The Hangover, again, was the big breakout for him as well. There are some other great character actors in this film, like Heather Graham, Jeffrey Tambor, Ken Jeong, Rachel Harris, Rob Riggle, Cleo King, Brian Callen, Justin Bartha, and Mike Epps. It's a great job by the producers and the director compiling this ensemble, and the credit has to go to, of course, Todd Phillips, the director. He started as a documentary filmmaker, and if you ever heard of the insane musician, and I turn, <laughs> I use the term musician loosely, Gigi Allen. Check out Todd Phillips' 1993 documentary by Phillips. It's called Hated, and it came out in 1993 again. Uh, but Phillips really hit it big with the hilarious comedy Road Trip from 2000. Then he followed it up with an even funnier movie, Old School, in 2003. Next, it was the movie adaptation of Starskin Hutch, and then School for Scoundrels before The Hangover. To show he's not just a fabulous director of comedy films, he also directed the very dark and very well done and made a lot of money, Joker in 2019. All right, let's get into the movie. So it begins in the present, and it's the wedding day of Tracy, played by Sasha Baris, and Doug, played by Justin Bartha. Tracy is worried that there is no sign of Doug or his two friends, Phil, Bradley Cooper, and Stu, at Helms. She calls all three men and only gets their cell voicemails. And then Phil calls Tracy. Don't be hey, this is Phil. Leave me a message. Or don't. Well, do me a favor. Don't text me. Anything? I've tried them all. It keeps going straight to voicemail. Well, there has to be an explanation. Sweetie, it's Vegas. You lose track of time in those casinos. There's no windows. There's no clocks. It's probably on a heater. And you never walk away from the table when you're on a heater. You do if you're getting married. Hello? <clears throat> Tracy, it's Phil. Phil, where the hell are you guys? I'm freaking out. Yeah, listen. Uh... We fucked up. What are you talking about? The bachelor party, the whole night. It's things got out of control and uh we lost Doug. What? We can't find Doug. What are you saying, Phil? We're getting married in five hours. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. So then you get the awesome Danzig song 13, which plays during the opening credits, and we see the desert and aerial views of Las Vegas. Originally, the song was written for Johnny Cash, and it's about bad luck, which is fitting for the movie. We then go back in time two days prior, as Doug and his future brother-in-law, Alan, Zach Galifianakis, are getting fitted for their suits. Alan has sort of been sheltered his whole life by his parents, 
and thus he still acts like a child who never really matured. This often leads to hilarity throughout the film, and it's portrayed perfectly by Galifianakis. And Alan's dad is played by the always terrific Jeffrey Tambor. Whoa, watch it, pervert! It's okay, Alan. He's just doing your inseam. It's getting very close to my shaft. All done. You can change now. Thanks, Floyd. Thank you very much. All right, buddy, we should get a move on. You know, Doug, I was thinking, you know, if you want to go to Vegas without me, that is totally cool, you know? What are you talking about? Well, you know, Phil and Stu, they're your buddies, and it's your bachelor party, and... Come on, Alan, those two love you. You know, so I, I, I so don't want you to feel like you have to hold back because your wife's brother's there, you know? It's, it's not like that. It's not like that. I already told you, Alan. Okay? We're just spending the night in Vegas. It's no big deal. Besides, you're not just my wife's brother. You're my brother now. I want you to know, Doug, I'm a still trap. Whatever happens tonight, I will never, ever, ever speak a word of it. Okay. I got it. Thank you. I don't think that... Seriously, I don't care what happens. I don't care if we kill someone. What? You heard me. It's Sin City. I won't tell a soul. Okay. I got it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I love you so much. <laughs> what you can't see in the last clip is that Alan is standing by there hugging Doug with a white undershirt and only a jock strap on. <laughs> According to Todd Phillips, this was all Galifianakis' idea, and Phillips told him just to run with it, since you always see tidy whities on screen, but never jockstrap. Alright, amazingly, Phil is a school teacher, though he's by far the most irresponsible and craziest of the three friends. He starts this by scamming the students by collecting money for a supposed field trip, though it's really for spending money for the Vegas bachelor party. Doug and Alan pick up Phil at school. Do you have to park so close? Yeah, what's wrong? You shouldn't be here. Why is that, Alan? I'm not supposed to be within 200 feet of a school. What? Or Chuck E. Cheese. Hey, Mr. Winnick. It's the weekend about Nick. I don't know you. You do not exist. Shit. <laughs> nice car. Yeah. I'm driving. Oh, no chance, but don't step. Ugh. God, watch the oh, left. Shut up and drive before one of these nerds ask me another question. Hannibal. Who's this? It's Alan. Tracy's brother. I met you like four times. Oh, yeah. How you doing, man? And then we meet Stu and his lovely girlfriend, Melissa, played by Rachel Harris. The old mantra of happy wife, happy life might be Stu's goal, but he has less than stellar results with that. And I suppose it really should be happy girlfriend to avoid the whirlwind because, oh, Harris is so great in her role as Melissa. Don't forget your Rogaine. Rogaine, check. And don't forget to use it. I can totally tell when you forget your hair just looks thinner. Using of the Rogaine, check. And make sure to call me right when you get to the hotel, not like that conference in Phoenix. I had to wait two hours for you to call me. Yeah, I was the keynote speaker. I was late to the podium. Still? Yeah, you're totally right, I'm sorry. What is the matter? I don't know. 
I just hope you're not going to go to some strip club when you're up there. Melissa, we're going to Napa Valley. I don't even think they have strip clubs in wine country. Well, I'm sure if there is one, Phil will sniff it out. It's not going to be like that. Besides, you know how I feel about that sort of thing. I know, I know. It's just boys and their bachelor parties. It's gross. You're right. It is gross. And you know what else? Honestly, why would I risk this for, you know, a couple of minutes of some 19-year-old hard body in a schoolgirl outfit? Yeah. <laughs> why would I ever need, like... You're right. Outfit? And if you ever do... What? I will fucking kick your ass. Thank you. Thank you for that. That is exactly what I need to hear. Not to mention, it's pathetic. Those places are filthy. And the worst part is, that little girl grinding and dry humping the fucking stage up there, that's somebody's that's daughter, somebody's up, daughter there. up there. That's somebody's daughter up there. I was just going to say that. See? I just wish your friends were as mature as you. They are mature, actually. You just have to get to know them better. Paging Dr. Faggot! Dr. Faggot! I should go. That's a good idea, Dr. Faggot. Have a good weekend. I'm gonna miss you. <laughs> so, the guys are off to Vegas, and we get to see some of the strange, strange antics from Alan. He's, he's nice to people that are mean to him, but then he's mean to people that are nice to him. Barstow. Everybody's passing us. Absolutely not. I promise Sid, I will be the only one driving this car. Besides, you're drinking. Oh, what are you, a cop now? Come on, you know I drive great when I'm drunk. That's true. Don't forget, Bill was always our designated drunk driver. <laughs> you want to explain it to them, Alan? Guys, my dad loves this car more than he loves me, so yeah. Oh, whatever. Look, I left my wife and kid at home so I can go with you guys to Vegas. You know how difficult that was? It's really sweet, Phil. Yeah. Dude, I was being sarcastic. I fucking hate my life. I may never go back. I might just stay in Vegas. Here we go. You know what, Doug? You should enjoy yourself because come Sunday, you're going to start dying. Just a little bit. Every day. Yeah. All right. That's why I managed to stay single this whole time, you know? Oh, really? That's why you're single? Yeah. Cool. Good to know. <laughs> Am I all right over there, Alan? Yeah, you're good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've got a sweet ride there. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Go on, get out. You heard me. Don't look at me either. Yeah, you better walk on. He's actually kind of funny. Yeah, he means well. I'll hit an old man in public. Is she all there? Like, mentally? I think so. He's just an odd guy. It's kind of weird. I mean, should we be worried? No. Right. No. Tracy did mention that we shouldn't let him gamble or drink too much. Jesus, he's like a gremlin. Those are the instructions and shit. And one water. I'll go with Melissa? Oh, yeah. Told her we're two hours outside of wine country, and she bought it. 
Don't you think it's strange that you've been in a relationship for three years and you still have to lie about going to Vegas? Yeah, I do. But trust me, it's not worth the fight. Oh, so you can't go to Vegas, but she can fuck a bellhop on a Carnival cruise line. Hey. Okay, first of all, he was a bartender. And she was wasted. And if you must know, he didn't even come inside her. And you believe that? Uh, yeah, I do believe that because she's grossed out by semen. That'll be thirty-two fifty. It's thirty-two fifty. You gotta pay for it. It says here we should work in teams. Who wants to be my spotter? I, I don't think you should be doing too much gambling tonight, Alan. Gambling? Don't say anything about gambling. It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Counting cards is a foolproof system. It's also illegal. It's not illegal. It's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane. I'm pretty sure that's illegal, too. Yeah, maybe after 9-11, where everybody gets so sensitive. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. Either way, it, you got to be super smart to count cards, buddy, okay? Oh, really? It's not easy. Okay, well, maybe we should tell that to Rain Man, because he practically bankrupt a casino, and he was a retard. What? He was a retard. Retard. So the guys arrive in Vegas and check into Caesar's Palace. Hey, welcome to Caesar's. Hi. Hello. Checking in? Yes. Yeah. We have a reservation under Dr. Price. Okay, let me look that up for you. Dr. Price? <clears throat> Stu, you're a dentist. Hey, don't try and get fancy. It's not fancy if it's true. He's a dentist. Don't get too excited. And if uh, someone has a heart attack, you should still call 911. We'll be sure to do that. Can I ask you a question? Do you know if the hotel's pager-friendly? What do you mean? I'm not getting a sig on my beeper. I'm not sure. Is there a payphone bank? Bunch of payphones? Business? Um, there's a phone in your room. That'll work. So I have you in a two-bedroom suite on the 12th floor. Is that okay? Sounds perfect. Actually, I was wondering if you had any villas available. Phil, we're not even going to be in the room. It's unnecessary. It's no big deal. We can share beds one night. Oh, if we share beds, I'm buckling with Phil. You good with that? No, I'm not good with that. Guys, we're not sharing beds. What are we, 12 years old? Lisa, I apologize. How much is the villa? Well, we have one villa available, and it's 4200 for the night. Is it awesome? It's pretty awesome. We'll take it. Give your credit card. I can't give her my credit card. We'll split it. Are you crazy? No, this is on us. You don't get it. Melissa checks my statements. Well, we just need a credit card on file. We won't charge you anything until you check out, so you can figure it out then. Perfect. That's perfect. Thank you, Lisa. And we'll deal with it tomorrow. Come on. Fine. Can I ask you another question? Sure. You probably get this a lot. This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did, um, did Caesar live here? Um, no. I didn't think so. The suite is tremendous. There's an amazing view of Vegas, and well worth having Stu put his credit card down on file. <laughs> the room itself wasn't a real suite, but it was a combination of a few rooms that Todd Phillips put together. And of course, Stu has to check in with Melissa about staying at the supposed charming bed and breakfast in Napa. What you need to do will be thankful for the life you got, you know. Holy shit. Oh. Now this is Vegas. 
Oh my. This place is enormous. Now we're talking. It's all one suite? Thank you guys. Or should I say, thank you, Stu? You're welcome. It's only because I love you. Okay, ladies, pick a room, get dressed. Let's be ready in 30 minutes. I just wish you could see this place because you, of all people, would love it. Yeah. No, it's so quaint. Yeah, no, there's no TVs, no phones. They just have these cute little antique radios in all the rooms. Yeah. What else? Um, we met the uh, proprietor. Oh, I bet you. What's his name? Um, Caesar Palace. Yeah, like the salad. Okay, well, listen, I gotta go because we're gonna hit this wine tasting. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I love you. Okay, bye. I'm not even gonna say anything. It's so embarrassing. Where's Alan? He uh, he went downstairs. He had said he had to grab a few things. Good, because I have something to show you. Uh-oh. What the hell is that? What do you think it is? Oh, wow. Well, if it's what I think it is, I think it's a big fucking mistake. I'm gonna propose to Melissa at your wedding, after the ceremony. Stewie, congratulations. Thank you, Doug. That's a beautiful ring. Yeah, it's my grandmother. She made it all the way through the Holocaust with that thing. It's legit. I don't get it. Wait, have you not listened to anything I've ever said? Phil, We've been dating for three years. It's time. This is how it works. A, that is bullshit. And B, she is a complete bitch. Hey, that's his fiancée. It's You're true. Talking. It's true. You know it's true. She oh. beats him. That was twice, and I was out of line. She's strong-willed, and I respect that. Wow. Wow. He's in denial. Not to mention she fucked a sailor. Hey, he wasn't a sailor. He was a bartender on a cruise ship. You know that. Guys, just... I'm standing right here so I can hear everything that you're saying. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out, you know, like, who let the dogs out, who, who? Who brought this guy along? Yes, Alan, we are ready to let the dogs out. Hey, congrats. Thank you. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> so while Phil, Stu, and Doug are sharply dressed in, in suits like an adult, Alan is wearing an awful tucked-in t-shirt with white pants and tennis shoes. His t-shirt includes a full moon, birds, and some trees in the forest. And, of course, he has a man purse, though Alan calls it a statue like Indiana Jones. It's an amazing look, and Galifianakis came up with that, too. And then we are introduced to the Wolf Pack. I'd like to make a toast. To Doug and Tracy, may tonight be but a minor speed bump in an otherwise very long and healthy marriage. Cheers. 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 Sweet. Oh, oh, it's like college. Yeah. All right, I want to talk about something. All right. I want I to like talk to, about... I'd like to say something that I've prepared tonight. All right, Alan. Hello. How about that ride in? I guess that's why they call it Sin City. <laughs> you guys might not know this, but I consider myself a bit of a loner. I tend to think of myself as a one-man wolf pack. But when my sister brought Doug home, I knew he was one of my own. 
and my wolf pack, it grew by one. So were there two of there were two of us in the wolf pack. I was alone first in the pack, and then Doug joined in later. And six months ago, when Doug introduced me to you guys, I thought, wait a second, could it be? And now I know for sure, I just added two more guys to my wolf pack. All right. All right. Four of us wolves running around the desert together in Las Vegas, looking for strippers and cocaine. So tonight, I make a toast. Oh, what? What do you got there? Oh, oh yeah! Oh, 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 fuck God. Yeah. What are you doing? What is that? Blood Brothers. Don't! Damn it! Why did you? Here. Alan, no! No, I'm not Alan. doing that! Go ahead, Stuart. Make him stop. Alan, we're not gonna cut ourselves. Give me the knife. Slowly. Thank you. Oh, God. Okay. Thank you very you much. You alright? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. uh, do you need a doctor? Mm -mm. He's fine. He's good. You sure? I'm good. Alright, good. Because I need everybody to focus. So I want to take a moment. I want to talk about so I want to talk about memory. No, better yet, I want to talk about selective memory. You see, whatever happens here tonight may as well never have happened at all. Because this circle's about as far as it's ever gonna go. In other words, forget everything. Doug, I'm serious, I got a wife and kid. Okay, good or bad, we don't remember, so we got nothing to talk about. Nothing, guys, nothing. Deal? Deal, deal. Perfect. Alan, come here, buddy. Get in here, crazy. All right. To a night we'll never remember. But the four of us will never forget. Well, we cut the, to the next morning in the hotel suite. And unfortunately, Phil's prophecy was incorrect. The guys remember nothing. And the suite is in complete shambles. There's a live chicken walking around. One woman is quietly walking out of the room. Stu is passed out on the floor until he's woken up by the chicken. <laughs> Alan rises from his slumber from behind the room's bar and immediately falls over. He then stumbles to the bathroom to take a leak and finds a live tiger staring at him. Phil, do not go in the bathroom. Alan, just calm down. Phil, there is a tiger in the bathroom. What's going on? There's a jungle cat in the bathroom. Okay, okay. I'll, go, check, go. I'll, che I'll, I'll check it out. Don't go in, don't go in. Be careful, don't, don't. See. Oh. See. Holy See? fuck, he's not kidding, there's a tiger in there. No, there isn't. Yeah! It's bitch, gigantic! You okay, buddy? No, I am in so much pain right now. God damn. Look at this place. I know. Phil, they have my credit card downstairs. I am so screwed. I mean, how the hell does a tiger get in the bathroom? He almost killed me. Hey, bro, you mind putting on some pants? I find it a little weird I have to ask twice. Pants at a time like this, I don't have any. What the fuck happened last night? Hey, Phil, am I missing a tooth? I can't. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. My lateral incisors, it's gone. It's okay, okay, okay. We just need to just calm down. We're fine. Everything's fine. Alan. Go wake up, Doug. Let's just get some coffee in us to get the fuck out of the bottom before housekeeping shows. What am I gonna tell Melissa? I lost a tooth. I have no idea how it happened. It's the creature you're freaking me out, man. I got a massive headache, okay? Let's just calm down. How am I supposed to calm down? Look around you. Hey, guys. He's not in there. 
Oh, did you check all the rooms? Yeah, I looked everywhere. Plus, his mattress is gone. It's... <laughs> oh, whatever. Look, he probably went to the pool to get something to eat. Let's call cell. I look like a nerdy hillbilly. <laughs> Hello? Alan. Hey. It's Phil. Oh, hey, Phil. This is Doug's phone. This is Doug's phone. No shit. Yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Whose fucking baby is that? Alan, are you sure you didn't see anyone else in the suite? Yeah, I checked all the rooms. No one's here. Check its collar or something. Hey, baby. Oh, Stu, we don't have time for this. Look, let's go hook up with Doug. We'll deal with the baby later. Phil, we're not going to leave a baby in the room. There's a fucking tiger in the bathroom. It's not our baby. Yeah, I got to side with Stu on this one. All right, fine. Okay, we'll take it with us. Can you at least just find some pants? <laughs> so I remember at this point watching the movie in the theater and being completely riveted. The film up to this point was fun, but it seemed like a typical buddy comedy. However, this is where the hangover is completely unique and you can just feel it. From here on out, the movie just doesn't let up. So regarding Ed Helms' missing tooth, it's completely real. Helms actually had an implant when he was a teenager for the same tooth. And so for this film, Helms' dentist removed the crown and he shot the film without a tooth. And then he later got a new crown once the filming wrapped. There is no CGI here and even a prop wouldn't have looked as real and it would have been expensive. So kudos to Ed Helm for giving 100% for his craft. Of all the madness to come in the film, nothing is funnier than seeing Alan wearing a baby Bjorn strapped to him. Why can't we remember a goddamn thing from last night? Because we obviously had a great fucking time. Why don't you just stop worrying for one minute? You're proud of yourself. I don't know, Phil. Maybe it's because I'm missing a tooth. Or maybe it's because there's a tiger in our hotel room, which incidentally is completely destroyed. Oh, no, no, wait, 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 I know. Maybe it's because we found a baby, a human baby. That's it, that's it. It's because we found a fucking baby. I don't think you should curse around the child. Really? I don't think you should be around a child. Oh, how cute. What's his name? Ben. Carlos. Carlos. Okay, so the guys can't find Doug, who is supposed to get married the next day. They have a tiger in their room, Stu is missing a front tooth, and they're carrying around Carlos the baby. <laughs> Phil and Stu are just dumbfounded that they can't remember anything after the Jaeger shots on the roof. However, when they empty their pockets, they find a few clues, along with Stu's missing tooth, which Alan happened to have in his pocket. Stu finds a Bellagio ATM receipt for $800, which horrifies him. Alan has a valet ticket from Caesars when they checked in at 5 a.m., and Phil has a hospital wristband. So with these clues, the guys try to figure out what they did the night before and where Doug might be. Alan decides to put his giant sunglasses on Carlos, which is hilarious. 
He also then takes the baby's arm and moves it up and down, which makes it look like Carlos is jerking off. <laughs> this, again, was all Galifianakis ad-libbing before shooting, and Todd Phillips couldn't stop laughing, so he told him to do it on film. All right, a few more clues for the guys. Doug's mattress is found on the top of the hotel, and the valet pulls up with a cop car from the ticket the guys gave him. So they take the car to investigate their clues, which is only fitting, I suppose. The first stop is the hospital to find out why Phil was admitted there. We get a great appearance from Matt Walsh playing the doctor. Look, I already told you. He came in here with a mild concussion, some bruised ribs, no big deal. Although none of you could articulate how it happened. Do you remember how many of us were here? Uh, I don't know. I think it was just you guys. Definitely no baby. And one other guy. That's our guy. Was he okay? Yeah, he was fine. Just whacked out of his mind. You all were. All right, come forward and turn. All right. Go. And cough. <coughs> cough. <coughs> cough. <coughs> Give me one more. All hmm. right. a boy. Okay, Felix, you can put your robe on and uh, the nurse will be in here in a minute. I'll see you after the weekend. Thank, thank you, thank you, doctor. Guys, I really gotta go. I'm sorry, I have surgery up on the fourth floor. No, I know, but uh, we just need a couple more minutes of your time. Yeah, tuck it right in there. I don't want to re-sterilize. Walk with me. Okay, here we go. Patient named Phil Lennick. <clears throat> 2.45 a.m. arrival. Minor concussion, like I said, some bruising, pretty standard. Do you mind if I take a look? I'm actually a doctor. Yeah, you said that several times last night, but really, you're just a dentist. Okay, this is interesting. Your blood work came in this morning. Wow. They found a large amount of rufalin in your system. Rufalin? Rufies? Commonly known as the date rape drug? What? What did you say? I was raped last night? Actually. I don't think so. But someone did slip you the drug. I'm not surprised you don't remember anything. <laughs> Doc, none of us could remember anything from last night. <laughs> remember? Yeah, how could someone have drugged all of us? Look, I wouldn't worry about it, guys. By now, this stuff's out of your system. You're going to be fine. I have to go. Wait, wait, wait. Please, doctor. Is there anything else? Like something we may have been talking about or someplace we were going? Actually, there was something. You guys kept talking about some wedding last night. Yeah, no shit, our buddy Doug's getting married tomorrow. You know what, I want the 100 back. No, 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 easy. You kept talking about some wedding that you just came from at the uh, Best Little Chapel. You guys kept saying how sick the wedding was and getting all crazy about it. Okay, I hope this helps, fellas. I really have to leave. But do you know what Best Little Chapel, you know where that is? I do. It's at the corner of get a map and fuck off. I'm a doctor, not a tour guide. Figure it out yourself, okay? You're big boys. So it's off to the wedding chapel, which is also next door to a strip club, of course. We get another great character actor and a comedian named Brian Cowan, who is best known for playing the gym teacher in the Goldbergs. He also plays the owner of this wedding chapel. What if they don't remember us? Well, let's just find out. Excuse me, sir. Hi. Oh, <laughs> look at these guys. What happened? You miss me. You miss Eddie? You want more from me? What? How hey. are you, my friend? <laughs> Look at this guy! You fucking crazy! What's going on, man? 
Listen to me, I'm gonna tell you something. I know some sick people in my life. This guy is the craziest, wildest bastard I ever met in my life. Oh, this man. guy? This guy is out of his mind. What's mm -hmm. going on, you fucking oh. crazy motherfucker? Thought he was gonna eat my dick. <laughs> oh. What happened? No oh. love for Eddie? You don't hug me? Huh? No, no, it's not that, Eddie. Uh, it's just that we're having a hard time remembering what happened here last night. Yeah, was there, was there a wedding here? Do you do weddings here? <laughs> You're cracking my balls, man. I love these guys. Zoraya, what are you doing? Bring my friend some tea, some baklava, huh? Come on. Unbelievable, man. Look at this chick. Beautiful ass, no fucking brain, but this is Vegas. You want intimacy? Forget about it. You're gonna get sex. That's it here, man. No problem for me, though. You want some chicks? I can get you beautiful chicks from the Eastern Bloc. No questions. Clean, tight. The tits like that, the nipple like that. Eddie, okay, obviously we were here last night, and we're looking for our friend Doug. Do you remember him? Yeah, the small guy, like a monkey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You saw him. Of course. Is there anything you can tell us about what may have happened last night? You don't remember nothing. <clears throat> Congratulations, dude. You got married. This, this can't be happening. Oh, God. Look at that. Uh, uh, I'll tell you one thing. You look seriously happy here, man. That's it. My life is over. Stu, it's okay. Look, shit happens. Come on. Alyssa's not going to know anything about this. This never happened. I'll take hey, care of it. Come on, have shit. Oh, here we go. Hey, what's all that? The high roller package. It's what you guys ordered. I have coffee mugs. What? You have baseball caps, huh? And fancy calendars, all with pictures of Stu and Jade. Her name's Jade? Yeah, she's beautiful, man. Clean, very tight, tits oh, like that. Right. But that's because she had a baby. <laughs> That explains the baby. Oh, Carlos, Carlos. Great, all right, uh, Eddie, here's the deal. We made a major mistake last night. We need to get this marriage annulled immediately. You doing almonds? Of course I do almonds. It breaks my heart. It's gonna make me very sad, but you know, it's no problem. I'm gonna make a very good price for you. I can't do it with just him, though. I need, I need the chick. I need both parties. Well, not a problem, that's great. Isn't that great, Stu? Come on, buddy. And she probably knows where Doug is. Awesome, all right, all right. Okay, uh, we need her address. She must have filled out some paperwork, right? Of course. Hey, excuse me, what is the matter with you? Go and get the paperwork, man. I spent my life waiting for you. Come on, and get the baklava, please. So Stu's new bride is played by Heather Graham. So the guys now have to find her, but not before Stu deals with Melissa on the phone. And then two random guys are looking for a guy that Phil, Stu, and Alan have no clue about. Fortune, who are you? I don't know, Phil. Apparently I'm a guy who marries complete strangers. This whole situation is completely fucked. These mugs, this hat, hey! this car, it's all evidence of a night that never happened. That is why we're torching all of it. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a school teacher. I got a family, okay? I'm all for secrecy, but I'm not gonna torch a fucking cop car. Fine, I'll do it. Can I help? Yeah, thanks. And how exactly are you guys gonna do that? Oh, it's easy. You just pour kerosene over a ferret, light it on both ends, put it in. They're attracted to gas lines. What? Good. Yeah. A ferret? Yeah, or a tamed raccoon, but it's a lot of trouble. Well, tame Why do you, well, does it matter if it's tamed or not? Yeah, because if it's uh, untamed, it won't take the kerosene as well. Shit, is it Doug? I don't have a... It's Doug, it's Doug. Uh, it's Melissa. Don't answer it. I have to, she's called twice already. Can I ride shotgun? Don't touch me. Hey, sweetheart, how are you? There you are. It's the third time I'm trying you. I know, the reception up here is crazy. I think it's all the sequoia trees block the signal. Ugh, I hate that. 
So how was it last night? Eh, it was really fun, actually. It's kind of quiet. It was a good time. That sounds nice. <laughs> Learning all kinds of vino factoids. It's so cool if I could breastfeed, you know? Well, listen, um... So I go for a tractor ride, so I should probably get going. A tractor ride? So pretty. Oh, let's go out of the car! What was that? They just started up the tractor. I think it backfired. Where the hell is he? Hey, easy, easy. I, I think we're looking for the same guy, okay? Hey, what the hell, man? What the fuck, Stu? Is that a baby? Why would there be a baby? We're at a winery. That's a, a goat. Where is he? I, I don't know. What are you talking about? Dude, Sir, can you please start the tractor so we can get out of here? I'm trying to, but we're fucking blocked. Oh, my God. What the hell is happening to you? Hey! There's a baby on board! Someone just said baby. Get out of the car! It's a baby goat! Calm down! It's Find a baby guy. Why goat! Why are you making trouble for my business, man? Go away from here now! Get out of the fucking car! Bill, he's got a gun! No shit, he's got a gun! Uh, I gotta call you back! Come on. Bye! Ah! Oh, shit! He shot Eddie! Fuck this shit! No, no, Just let that one go to voicemail. <laughs> That's a fake laugh, by the way. It's got uh, Ted Danson and Magnum P.I. And the guys do find out where Jade, that's Heather Graham's character name, is staying, and they also find out that Carlos is really named Tyler, much to the disappointment of Alan, who was really hell-bent on having a baby named Carlos. You guys are acting weird. Look, it's Jade, right? Very funny, Phil. Right, Jane. Um, <clears throat> you remember our friend Doug? Are you kidding? He was the best man at our wedding. Exactly. Well, we can't find him and we're getting a little worried. Oh my god. That is so Doug. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go clean him off. Sorry, Daddy didn't mean it. Oh my god. She is wearing my grandmother's ring. What? The ring I'm going to give to Melissa. You remember my grandmother's Holocaust ring? I didn't know they give out rings at the Holocaust. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> he was just hungry. Oh, fine. good. Uh, about last night, um, <clears throat> do you remember uh, last time you saw Doug? <clears throat> I guess it was around one, because I had to go back to work and finish my shift. And then when I got out, I headed over to the hotel with Tyler. I got a question. Um, you said when your shift ended, does that mean you're a nurse? Or a blackjack dealer? You know this, I'm a stripper. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, I'm an escort, but stripping's a great way to meet the clients. <laughs> Smart. Savvy. The sweet reunion is suddenly interrupted as the police bust into the room and arrest the guys. This is where we get one of many hilarious scenes in the film, with the always amazing Rob Riggle as one of the police officers, along with his partner, Cleo King, who is equally hilarious. Gentlemen, we've got some good news and we've got some bad news. The good news is we found your Mercedes. <laughs> That's great news. That's great. See? Yeah. yeah, it's over at Impound right now. We picked it up at uh, 5 a.m. this morning, parked in the middle of Las Vegas Boulevard. Huh. Oh. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. There's also a note. It says, uh, couldn't find a meter, but here's four bucks. 
The bad news is we can't get you in front of a judge until Monday morning. Oh, no, uh, officer, that's just impossible. No, we need to be in L.A. tomorrow for a wedding. You stole a police car. We didn't steal anything. Um, we found it. Yeah, if anything, we deserve a reward or something, like a trophy. I see assholes like you every day. Every fucking day. Let's go to Vegas. We'll all get drunk and Yeah, woo-hoo! Let's steal a cop car, because it'd be really fucking yeah. funny. Yeah! Think you gonna get away with it? Not up in here! Not up in here! Oh, uh... Sir? If I may, um... I'm assuming that that squad car belongs to one of you. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm not a cop. I'm no hero. I'm a school teacher. But if one of my kids went missing on a field trip, that would look really bad on me. What are you getting at? Yeah, Phil, what are you getting at? No one wants to look bad. We got to get to a wedding, and you guys don't need people talking about how some obnoxious tourists borrowed your squad car last night. But look, the point is, I think we can work out a deal discreetly, of course, ma'am. What do you say? <laughs> um, let me ask you a question. Do uh, any of you gentlemen have a heart condition or anything like that? Uh, no. Okay, kids, you're in for a real treat today. These gentlemen have kindly volunteered to demonstrate how a stun gun is used to subdue a suspect. Ooh. That's right. Wait a second. What? what? Now, there's two ways to use a stun gun. Up close that and personal. Really weird. <laughs> <laughs> or... You can shoot it from a distance. Now, do I have any volunteers who want to come up here and do some shooting, huh? All right, how about you, young lady? Come on up here. All right. Let's go, handsome. Come on. Not you, fat Jesus. Slide it on back. You, pretty boy. All right, now it's real simple. All you got to do is point, aim, and shoot. All right? Okay, <laughs> you don't really want to do this. You can do this. Just focus. Don't listen to this maniac. Let's think this thing through. Finish him! Got one more charge left. Anybody want to do some shooting up here? How about you, big man? Come on up here. Okay, same instructions, just point, aim, and shoot. There you go. That's the stuff. I like the intensity. Eye of the tiger. Good. You're holding 50,000 volts, little man. Don't be afraid to ride the lightning. Stop! Stop! Oh. In the face! In the face! No. <laughs> oh! Oh, he's still oh. out! He's still out! Oh. <laughs> All right, everybody relax. Take it easy. We've seen him before. He just needs a little extra. There we go. Some of these big boys, you gotta give them two shots. <laughs> All right, kids, who wants to get their fingerprints done, huh? Come on, let's go. <laughs> Not you, fat Jesus. <laughs> and then the stare down between the kid and Alan is hilarious. And then Riggle yelling, in the face!
is just priceless. The theater went crazy during this taser scene. So a real taser was originally going to be used in this scene, but the lawyers from Warner Brothers demanded that the crew use a prop. So the Mercedes that they get from Impound is amazingly in perfect condition after being recovered from the Impound yard, and they discover more clues in the car, including a men's size 6 boot and a used condom, which leads to hilarity and a crazy surprise. Anything? Mm, I got a cigar. Oh, I found uh, this is some black shoes. They women's shoes? I don't know. Whose are those? I don't know, it's a men's size 6. Weird. What is this, a snakeskin? Oh, come on. Ew! That's a used condom. Oh, man. God! Yeah! Oh, God! No. Get it out of the car. It's wet! Oh, my God! Come on! God, get dude, it I got shiz on me! <laughs> Jesus Christ! What? Get it out! Fuck! Oh, my God! Alright, what the fuck, man? We gotta get this shit together, guys! What was that? It's in the trunk. Duck's in the trunk! Oh, trunk. Oh, oh, shit. shit! Shit! Holy shit! Open it! Okay, 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 okay. Open it! If that wasn't enough madness, Alan decides to divulge a secret to Phil and Stu. Last night on the roof, before we went out, I slipped something in our Jägermeister. What? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You drugged us? Oh, I, I didn't drug you. I was, I was told it was ecstasy. Who told you it was ecstasy? The guy I bought it from at the liquor store. Why would you give us ecstasy? Because I want everybody to have a good time, and I knew you guys wouldn't take it. It's just one hit each. I used to do three hits a night. But it wasn't ecstasy, Alan. It was roofies. You think I knew that, Stu? The guy I bought it from seemed like he was a real straight shooter. I'm sorry. You mean the drug dealer at the liquor store wasn't a good guy? Hey, let's just calm down. You fucking calm down. He drugged us. I lost the tooth. I married a whore. How dare you? She's a nice lady. Or shut the fucking moron. Your language is offensive. Fuck you. All right, let's just take a deep breath, okay? All right, seriously, this is a good thing, guys. At least not some stranger drug us for God knows what reason. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Phil. It's totally a good thing. We're so much better off now. Here's something I would like to remind you two of. Our best friend, Doug is probably face down in a ditch right now with a meth head butt-fucking his corpse. That's highly unlikely. It's true. Does not help. All right, let's get our shit together, guys. Let's go back to the hotel, and I'm going to make a couple calls. Maybe Doug's back there. Maybe he's asleep. Come on! 
Let's go. Still, little help. Shut up. Ow. Oh God. Oh God. Are you okay, Alan? I'm sorry. So the guys decide to head back to the hotel to regroup, and then they get a visit from boxing legend Mike Tyson. This is long before the world became obsessed with Tiger King on Netflix. You know, we had Mike Tyson. He owns seven tigers. And this is yet another super memorable scene from the film, not to mention a perfect use of Phil Collins in the air tonight. We need a musical. Hey! Shh! Don't make any sudden movements. Who the hell are you? Oh, who the hell are you? Quiet, quiet. Mike Tyson? This is my favorite part coming up right now. Tyson would like to know why is this tiger in your bathroom? Hold on, hold on. That was completely unnecessary. I, I'm a huge fan. When you knocked out Holmes, that Explain. Was... Right, look, we were drugged last night. We have no memory of what happened. It's true. We got in all kinds of trouble last night, and now we can't find our friend. And if you want to kill us, just go ahead, because I don't even care anymore. Still, what are you talking about? What? I don't care. Why the fuck would you want to steal this tiger? We tend to do dumb shit when we're fucked up. <laughs> I'm gonna leave these guys here. Wait, wait, how did you guys find us? One of you dropped your jacket. Found it in the tiger's cage this morning. That's Doug's? Yeah, uh, Doug. Oh. His wallet and his room key is in there. No, that's our missing friend. I don't give a fuck. Well, did you guys see him? I was fast asleep. Yeah, because if he was up, this shit wouldn't have gone down so smoothly. Maybe one of the tigers ate his ass like Omar. Respect. What, what, what happened to Omar? Well, don't worry about Omar. He's not with us no more. Okay. I know this is asking a lot, but do you think that there's any way that we could go to your house and just look around, see if there's any clues for our friend? Absolutely. How else do you think we're going to get the tiger back anyway? Come on, champ. Well, I, I'm sorry? We're not going to put it in the Bentley. You brought it here, you bring it back. What do you think? About 40 minutes? Don't make me come back for him. That was Mike Tyson. <laughs> Yeah, no shit, that was Mike Tyson. I'm just saying, he still got it. Oh. Buddy, you okay? Oh my shit. God. Fuck, where'd he get him? Hey. So the guys decide to roofie the tiger by stuffing the pills into a raw steak in order to get the animal back to Mike Tyson's house. And then you got to have Ed Helm sing, right? What do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze? Do they dream of mauling zebras or Halle Berry in her catwoman suit? Don't you worry, you pretty striped head, we're gonna get you back to Tyson and your cozy tiger bed. And then we're gonna find our best friend Doug, and then we're gonna give him a best friend hug. Doug. 
But if he's been murdered by crystal meth tweakers, well then we're shit out of luck. So Ed Helms was always doodling around on the set with his song, so they just wrote in a scene for him. Of course, nothing goes to plan while driving <laughs> to Tyson's house. The tiger wakes up and starts attacking the guys. They decide to push the car the rest of the way to the house. <laughs> You're late. Whatever, man. We had to push it the last mile. Come on in. Mike's got something he wants to show you. Things out of control, man. Seriously, you gotta put it down. When we got back, we took a look at the security cameras. Great. <laughs> oh, it's Doug. Oh, thank God he's alive. That's our buddy. That's who. That's who we've been missing. We're. Yes. This is great. We're all best friends. Why don't you just pay attention? I don't have all night. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> that's me. I'm on TV. I've never been on TV before. Really? Really, Alan? Yeah, let's, uh... You're gonna overflow the pool, man. Should, maybe I... Should I wait outside? I think that's a good idea, yep. Alan. Don't touch anything out there, either. You know what? He's, he, he's not our good friend. We don't know him that well. By the way, man, where you get that cop car from? We uh, stole it from these dumbass cops. Nice. <laughs> nice, guys. High five, That's nice. You know, I just have to say, I have never seen a more beautiful, elegant, just regal creature. Check it out. Stu, Stu, fuck this tiger. Oh, my God. It's awful. Oh, man. Who does shit like that, man? Oh. Uh, as someone who has a lot of issues, obviously. I'm a sick man. That's all we got. This yeah. was hugely helpful, really, because now we know that our buddy Doug was with us at 3.30, totally alive. Thanks again, champ. And uh, again, we are so sorry we stole your tiger. Man, don't worry about it, man. Like you said, we all do dumb shit when we're fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that. So Mike Tyson said that he appeared in the film to fund his drug habit and that he was high on cocaine when he filmed his scenes. Tyson later said that working on the film convinced him to change his lifestyle. So the guys aren't out of the woods yet as they still need to find Doug and then are forcibly stopped by Mr. Chow, that's Ken Jeong, who was the naked guy they found in their trunk earlier. In a movie full of terrific character actors, Jong just steals the show as well. The casting of this film really was just perfect. The t different type of comedy from each actor melded so well together. There's never just one tone to this comedy, which makes it brilliant. What am I going to tell my dad about this car? Alan, relax. It's just the inside. Come on, I got a guy in L.A. who's great with interior. Jesus! Oh, oh my God! <coughs> you guys okay? What the fuck? Uh, I know that guy. 
That's the guy from the trunk. Get out of the car, please. Wait, wait, wait. Th those are the guys that shot Eddie. Buddy. Listen, let's go. Oh. Okay. Come on. All right. Oh, right. Oh, easy. Come on. Hey, okay. Okay. All right. All right. It's locked. Ow. 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 Do this out of him. Do this out of him. Fat boy. I want my purse back, assholes. What? Your purse? That's not a purse, it's a satchel! It's a purse, okay? And you steal from wrong guy. Wait a second, wait a second. We stole from you? Okay, you know what? We don't remember anything that happened last night. So help us out a little here. Well, apparently, you guys met at a craps table late last night. Yeah, you were on a real heater and he played your hot streak. You ended up winning just under 80 grand. Oh, shit, 80 well, grand. Nice. Okay, that's good. He put the chips in his purse, and then you guys took off with it. That doesn't sound like us. Mine had $80,000 inside. And this one, nothing. Hey, there's Skittles in there! Don't let the beard fool you. He's a child. It's funny because he's fat. Now look, this was obviously a very simple misunderstanding. Alan picked up the wrong purse. It's no big deal. Hey, if it's a no big deal, why when I come after you guys, he starts screaming like crazy and throw me in trunk? Huh? No. Well, I did that? Yeah, you said he was your lucky charm and you want to take him home with you. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky charm. Oh, it's just funny. <laughs> you know ah, fuck you. If you want to see your friend again, you get me my Eddie Grant. What? what? what, what, what our friend. What you have Doug? You know something about our friend? What? Doug! 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 What do you want? Ah, not, not so good now. Quit poke. Oh, do we your bag? What? Look, we're very sorry, but this is an easy fix. Alan, where's his purse? I don't know. Well, it's in the hotel room, yeah. right? Yeah, we yeah. can get it. We can get you the purse. You know what? We need to write you a check right now. No chance. Cash only. There's a person in there. Boarding. Mm. Take nap. Come on. Wait, hey, sorry, we're boring you. You kidnapped our, our friend. friend. There's a guy who's a kidnapper. Wait, oh, hey, oh, no, wait. Oh, oh, no, wait. Oh, 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 Please take the bag off his head! Fuck! Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, the, the guys scramble to find Mr. Chow's bag of money, but to no avail. But they have an ace up their sleeve, pun intended, as Alan has turned into Rain Man, and he uses his card counting trick to make $80,000 playing blackjack. And this is a perfect use of a montage, and having Wolf Mother's Joker and the Thief play as a song during the montage. So with their winnings, it's time to pay Chow and get Doug back. But of course, it doesn't go as planned. <laughs> Funny fat guy fall off my face. You okay? 
All right. We got the money. 80 grand cash. Throw it over. Then I give you Doug. Um, I'm sorry. First of all, good morning. We didn't catch your name last night. Mr. Chow. Leslie Chow. Mr. Chow, it is a pleasure. My name is Stu. And we would very much appreciate an opportunity to see Doug before we give you the money, just to verify that he's OK, if that's, if that's cool. Of course, Stu. That is cool. Gotcha! Fine. Now, give me money, or I shoot him, and I shoot all you motherfuckers, and then we take it. Your choice, bitches. Give him the money, Stu. Okay. It's all there. Let him go. Hi. I take it easy. Ah, what, is this some kind of joke? Who the hell is this? That is not Doug. What are you talking about, Willis? That him? No, I'm sorry, Mr. Chow. That's not our friend. He, it's... Mm -hmm. The Doug we're looking for is a white. Ah! I told you you had the wrong guy, little boy. Damn, Alan, what the fuck you got me into? Well, you know him? Yeah, this is the guy that sold me the bad drugs. How you doing? I didn't sell you no fucking bad drugs. Wait, he sold you the... The Rooflin? Rooflin? I thought about Rooflin. Who gives a shit? Where is Doug? I am Doug. Your name's Doug? Yeah, yes, I'm Doug. Uh, his name's Doug, too. <laughs> Classic mix-up. Come on. Hey, Chow! You gave us the wrong Doug. Not my problem. No, fuck that shit. Now you give us our 80 grand back and take him with no, you. No, come on, man. I'll be your Doug. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, I take him back uh, right after you suck on these little Chinese nuts. Oh, that's mm. nasty. Oh. How'd that sound? So long, gay boys. Wait a second. It is at this point we have officially caught up with the timeline. Now Phil is calling Tracy, as we saw in the beginning of the film. They have the wrong Doug, Mike Epps, and their Doug is nowhere to be found. The guys are screwed. Or are they? Thanks for the lift back to town. I got a question for you. What's up? How did you wind up in Chow's car? That crazy-asshole kidnapped me yesterday. Okay, but why? I mean, why you? Because he thought I was with you guys because we were all hanging over at the Bellagio. What? We were at the Bellagio? Yeah, we were shooting crap. You don't remember? No. Now, we don't remember, because some dick drug dealer sold him Rooflin and told him it was ecstasy. Rooflin, there you go with that word, Rooflin, Rooflin. What the hell is a Rooflin? Wow, you are the world's shittiest drug dealer. Rooflin, for your information, is the date rape drug. You sold Alan Roofies. Oh, shit, I must have mixed up the bags. My fault, Alan. Damn, Marsha gonna be pissed off at me on that one. Whatever. It's funny, because just the other day, me and my boy, we was wondering why they even call them roofies. You know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Why not floors, right? Because when you take them, you're more likely to end up on the floor than the roof. What about groundies? That's a good new name for them. Or how about rapies? Wait, what did you just say? Rapies. Not you. Doug, what did you say before? I said groundies. No, before that, you said... 
you're more likely to wind up on the floor than... Phil! Listen, Trace, I'm really sorry. I'm really... <laughs> Phil, hello? Tracy, it's Stu. Stu, talk to me. What's going on? Uh, nothing. Don't listen to Phil. He's completely out of his mind. He's probably still drunk from last night. <laughs> Where's Doug? He is paying the bill. We just had a delicious brunch. And uh, we're in a big hurry to get back, so we gotta get going. Okay, we'll see you soon. D Bye. Stu. Stu. Oh, fuck, man. I know where Doug is. <clears throat> All right, so it's usually at this point I stop. I don't give spoilers. Well... I break this rule with ridiculous comedies, and if you haven't seen the original Hangover by this point, just stop listening anyway. So, the whole mattress on the roof of the hotel earlier in the film was foreshadowing. It was a clue, and that Doug was stuck on the roof the whole time. Oh, God, we gotta go, buddy. Come on. Oh, we have been looking everywhere for you. <laughs> He's alive. What the fuck is going on? We can explain everything, but right now we gotta go. Hey, bud, you okay? No, not okay. You look good, you got some color, I'm jealous. I'm getting married today. Yes, you are, and Doug, that's why you need to focus and you do everything that we say, because frankly, you're, you're wasting a little bit of time right now. You fucking asshole! <laughs> My skin burns! Oh, ah, God! It's not your fault, Doug. Don't touch me! Shut up! All of you, shut up. Just get me home. Mm -hmm. Just get me home. What about the one after that? You cannot be serious. Oh, God damn it. Every flight to LA is booked. What about in the Burbank? Totally sold out. Oh, fuck. Well, we can't drive there. The wedding starts in three and a half hours. Alan, where's the car? It's on its way. You know what? We can drive there. We can make it. Okay? So Stu says goodbye to Jade, who is cool about the whole wedding annulment and gives back Stu's grandmother's Holocaust ring. <laughs> Stu actually likes Jade, which compared to Melissa is a no-brainer. And the guys hop into the beat-up Mercedes to drive back to Los Angeles to hopefully make the wedding in time. Including getting tuxedos thrown to them by a company while on the freeway. So they make the wedding in time and live happily ever after. Sort of. First, let's hear the amazing wedding band portrayed by the hilarious The Dan Band, who we first saw in old school. Yeah. Uh-huh. I take you to the candy shop. I let you lick the lollipop. Go ahead, girl, don't you stop. Keep on going till you hit the spot. Oh, you can have it your way. <clears throat> How do you want it? Gonna back that thing up or should I push up on it? Break it down for you now, baby, it's simple. You be a nympho, I'll be a nympho. Got the magic stick, I'm the love doctor. Your friends teasing me about a sprung, I got you. But wanna show me how you work it, baby, no problem. Get on top, and you're about to ride like a little ride. I'm a season. Daddy! Hey, my man. Excuse me, but I'm expecting my husband any minute. It's very funny. <laughs> Come here! Oh, how was your soccer game? Go ahead, girl, don't you stop. Keep on going till you hit the spot Fucking give it to me, baby Nice and slow Climb on top Ride it like you in the rodeo And Stu finally has it out with Melissa Stu? You avoiding me? Hey, what's up? Oh my god What happened to your tooth? Have you met Alan? Tracy's brother Brother of the... Okay 
That is disgusting. Why haven't you returned my calls? Well, there was a snafu, and when we stopped... I called that bed and breakfast in Napa? They said they had no record of you even checking in. That's because we didn't go to Napa. Stu, what the fuck is going on? We went to Las Vegas. Oh, really? Las Vegas? Yeah. Why would you go to Las Vegas? Because my best friend was getting married, and that's what guys do. Uh -huh, really? Okay, yeah. That's not what you do! Really? Well, then yes. why did I do it? Huh? Because I did it! Riddle me that! Why'd I do it? You know, sometimes I think all you want me to do is what you want me to do. I'm sick of doing what you want me to do all the time. I think in a healthy relationship, sometimes a guy should be able to do what he wants to do. That is not how this works! Oh, good! Because whatever this is, ain't working for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Since when? Since you fucked that waiter on your cruise last June. Boom! Tell me it was a bartender. Oh, you're right. I stand corrected. It was a bartender. You fucked a bartender. You're an idiot. You're a... You... Uh, you're such a bad person. Like, all the way through to your core. Alan, should we dance? Let's do this! It's a real pleasure meeting you. Fuck off. Thinking about getting my bartender's license. Suck my dick. No, thank you. So here, you think the movie's over. It's been an amazing ride, but the film just goes to a different level when Alan defines his camera with pictures that gives the complete story of their night of debauchery. To see this in the theater for the first time was just a fabulous experience. Everyone was dying. One picture after another got crazier and crazier. It's so good because you just don't expect it. And even after rewatching it, it's terrific. But again, it's nothing like the first time. And you do find out how Stu loses his tooth. The whole credit scene came from one of the final script rewrites where they just decided to show everything. And they actually took little camera type pics just for this scene. They would have to recreate each scene during the filming just to take the pictures. All right, if you have the DVD version, uh, there's of course the unrated versus the theatrical versions. So the unrated version is about 10 minutes longer than the theatrical version. Here are a few highlights of what is in the unrated version. So when Alan is hugging Doug in the beginning of the movie wearing just a jockstrap, Doug's dad and Tracy appear and make funny comments about Alan. Doug talks a little bit to Tracy about Vegas, and then Doug talks to Sid for a bit. There's a scene where Phil gets cash from a kid for the, quote, school field trip, but originally he had no money from his mom, this kid, since he's grounded. But Phil still manipulates 20 bucks out of him. Uh, Phil has a longer speech on the rooftop. There are longer scenes with Brian Callen inside the chapel where he offers <laughs> them women from the strip club next door. Uh, while taking the passed out tiger in a luggage cart in the hotel, a couple and their two kids are also in the elevator with the guys and curious about what they have covered underneath the bed sheet. And Doug talks to Sid, that's Jeffrey Tambor, briefly about Vegas. This is when they get back, and, and Sid decides to gift the Mercedes to Doug and Tracy, not realizing it was totaled in Vegas. All right, all the fun facts. So the plot of The Hangover was actually inspired by a real event that happened to Trip Vinson, who is a producer and friend of the executive producer Chris Bender. Vinson had gone missing from his own Las Vegas bachelor party. He blacked out, and he woke up in a strip club being threatened with a very, very large bill, which he was supposed to pay. 
Todd Phillips made the decision to have Rachel Harris be a brunette instead of her natural blonde hair because he wanted to show the difference between her and Heather Graham's character. So you might wonder where the chicken came from in the, in the initial scene where they all wake up and why it was in their hotel room when they woke up. According to Todd Phillips, it was likely stolen to feed the tiger. Makes perfect sense. Lindsay Lohan was offered the part of Jade, the stripper, but she turned it down. She did not like the script and thought the movie would bomb. Great decision there. Heather Graham was given the role instead. Lohan later admitted, regretting the decision. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Malin Ackerman had also been considered for the role of Jade. During the filming Las Vegas, one of the Mercedes, a very beat up and distinctive one, <laughs> was stolen from the lot where the vehicles were being kept. The next day, the production was filming the driving sequences and traffic was being held up by the local police. A, pro a production person noticed that a very distinctive Mercedes was part of the cars being held. The police were told, the driver was arrested, and the car was recovered. Zach Galifianakis said he tried to forbid his own mother from seeing the film, and that he yells at the parents of kids who tell him they like it. <laughs> Jack Black turned down the role of Alan Gardner, and Jonah Hill, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Thomas Hayden Church were all considered for the role before... Of course, it was substantially rewritten during development. Paul Rudd turned down the role of Phil. Also, Josh Lucas, Vince Vaughn, Josh Hartnett, and Ethan Embrym were also considered for the part of Phil, while Brecken Meyer and Seth Rogen were considered for the part of Stu. Jeremy Piven actually turned down the part of Stu as well. All right, this is really one of the funniest movies out there, along with Old School and, of course, going all the way back to Animal House. I think they all are kind of like the must-see crazy party type movies. And yeah, the second and the third one, I own them because I just, I'm a completist and they are still enjoyable. I don't find them, you know, awful, awful like some people claim. But yeah, it will never, they would never match the magic of The Hangover. And actually, if they had stopped after the first one, it may live, you know, forever as good as Animal House because that's the key about Animal House. It was one and done. And so that one always stands the test of time. When you create sequels, even though they're fun, they water down the original brilliance. And unfortunately, uh, when you make as much money as The Hangover did, there's too much money left on the table not to create more, and business gets in the way. In any case, we have two very special guests who also love, love The Hangover. Sonny Pooney from the Grown Up Rock Podcast and Podcast Rock City joined me, and then frequent guest, writer Bill Roseberry, also chats about The Hangover. And I will be back next week to chat about another random movie from my vast and awesome DVD collection. All right, we're back with Sonny Pooney. Welcome back, Sonny. Great to be here, dude. I love this movie. Are you kidding me? Well, it's funny. When we were first talking, we always go through you know, a list of movies that are coming up and, and what you want to participate in. And when I told you The Hangover, you're like, that's my life. So, <laughs> so let's get into it. How often do you actually go to Vegas a year? At least before uh, the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, before the pandemic, I was going anywhere between four to six times a year. Wow. And where did your love of Vegas like begin? Like what? You know, how old were you when when you really started to to go there a lot? I would say right around twenty two or twenty three. So I started because of where we live. Reno's only a three hour, three and a half hour drive, right? right. So right. that's where I started um, when I was first twenty one, gambling and blah blah blah. And then there's, you know, card rooms in San Jose. There's always card rooms in Concord, so you can go play cards. Uh, but Vegas was, you know, this whole other thing that wasn't available to you if you don't have money, right? <laughs> and as soon as I started making good money at work, then it was like, okay, well, plane rides only like 
69 bucks each way. Let's go do that instead. And yeah. then I basically never went back to Reno. <laughs> yeah, that's a th- yeah. The biggest little town in America is it called? Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal now. Yeah, yeah. I know. It, Vegas totally took over. Yeah, everything. Yeah. All right. So we get into the movie. Well, did you see a trailer to this, or were you like, "Ah, eh, this is just going to be another comedy"? These guys are never re- really heard of, and you know, I don't know, is this going to be any good? Or was it like, "Oh, you saw this, you know, whatever you heard about it, word of mouth," and you're like, "I got to see this." Yeah. So I didn't really know the actors. When mm-hmm. it first came out and you know, Zach, when they do like the little trailers, they make Zach pretty out there. Sure. Right. So it's like, I don't know if I'm going to like this kind of like animal house type movie, right? That's not really my thing. I like comedies, but not to that level. Mm-hmm. So I kind of left it alone, but I had a friend of mine who saw it first and then calls me and says, uh, that's basically our storyline, dude. And it's all at Caesars and I'm a <laughs> Harris guy. So I've uh-huh. stayed at Caesars basically the entire time I've been in Vegas for the mm-hmm. last 30 years. Right. So he goes, you got to go check it out because, uh, some of this is either happened to us or basically could happen to us. <laughs> All right. Now I'm not going to keep it in Vegas. Give me a story that you're comfortable telling that rivals, you know, stuff that happened in the hangover. Oh, uh, okay. Um, let's see. First one, we went to a bachelor party mm-hmm. and, Part of what was going on at the strip club that we visited mm-hmm. was there was this part where a girl would be stripping and she had this thing where she would like spank people with their belts, right? <laughs> so the bachelor <laughs> yes. had to go up there mm-hmm. and I gave her my belt and she, I mean, whoa, she, <laughs> she made him move. Like, let's say she was <laughs> hard. And then when we got back home, he's laying on the couch just kind of dozed off and his uh-huh. fiance noticed that he had welt marks. Oh God. And he was not, uh, uh let's say honest about what had happened. <laughs> and that didn't go over well when they first got married. Right. So, like those type of stories. Oh man. That's great. So <laughs> one of the great things and we'll, we'll kind of do this. There's a, I, I usually don't do spoilers or spoilers for, for movies, but this one's, you know, you got to go all the way through the yeah. ending with all the photos. It is so perfect. Like I, I had never seen a movie that kind of wrapped up everything and kind of surprised the audience. Cause after the movie, when, once the movie's done, you're kind of like, okay, that was a great ride. But then they top it at the very end. Uh, how did you feel when you first saw that? I think it's a great move. I think it was a great move to, uh, kind of say where you were at the beginning of the movie and then try to recollect what was happening. I thought that was a great move and that worked for the movie. Yeah. And then at the end, Doing the, all right, we'll look at the pictures one time and then the, like delete the evidence. You have to look. You can't just delete it without looking because there's some parts of the movie that are still hanging out there. Like, sure. You see Stu punching Wayne Newton. Like, that's <laughs> not anywhere in the movie. No. And how did he actually lose his tooth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I thought I thought it was great. I think. I now, after seeing some of these, um, superhero movies that do trailers or like weird things at the end, mm-hmm. I now wait until the entire movie is actually done and the movie lights come on. I don't walk away on the credits anymore because of stuff like this. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's worth it. Oh, sure. And you know, it kind of began, well, I mean, I'm sure it began way before this, but I remember an airplane, there was a little 
thing at the very end. And, and Ferris Bueller, of course, did. I think Ferris Bueller probably made it super famous because, you know, you have the whole bus ride scene with with uh, the principal at the end. And then Ferris appears like, you're still here. You know, the movie's over. Go home. And uh, yeah, but nobody really caught on to it until you're right, until Marvel kind of made it um you know, marketable, you know, for their own sake. I mean, it's just like a, it's a preview to the next movie kind of. Yeah, no, no doubt. And you know, that whole thing we were talking about, about recollecting the pieces that go back, like it's so fun that, okay, a woman sneaks out, there's a missing tooth, there's a chicken, there's a baby, Mm -hmm. there's energy (laughs) drinks, blow up dolls, a tiger in the bathtub. Like, it's like, why does Alan have no pants on? Like all of it's a little weird. (laughs) Oh, totally. So of the, of the, um, God, I'm I'm forgetting what they they're calling. What what did uh what did Alan call them? That what what is their group called? Oh, I forgot that. I don't remember. Oh, the the Wolf Pack. The Wolf, the pack. wolf pack. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the Wolf Pack, what guy do you identify with the most? I was going to ask you the same thing. So okay. I would say I closely re- resemble Doug with a mm-hmm. part of Phil. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely. I I I got to say Phil because I want to be the coolest. You know. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably I'm not that cool. <laughs> but the fun part about yeah, the great part, like now people walk back like, oh, Bradley Cooper's in this. But at the time, he really wasn't the, the star, you know, then that he is now. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about is like, I didn't really know any of these actors. Yeah. Period. Right. So even like at Helms, I didn't really know who he was. And I, I don't know if the office is before this or after this. Uh, it might've been around the same time. No, I think the office was before this. Okay. Cause yeah. I didn't really watch the office either. Right. Okay. So, um, so I didn't really know any of these guys. So that was a surprise to me, but I'll tell you like the part that Zach's playing, I can't imagine anybody else doing, but maybe Robin Williams is yeah. the only person that can pull something like that off. Yeah. And Robin Williams would have been probably too crazy. Cause the great part about Zach is he's so subdued and so deadpan about his, his ridiculousness. The whole tuck in the t-shirt thing on a fat guy. I'm a fat guy. It just doesn't work. No, no. And he, he obviously picked out his own wardrobe and everything. I had heard, I, you know, I'd seen Zach Galifianakis. because he used to be a stand-up and he used to do these like kind of non sequiturs where he'd play the piano. And I actually saw him at um, the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco one New Year's Eve, like years before this came out. So I had no, I had known him, but he really hadn't been in movies. Um, but yeah, I'd say the biggest star going into this was Heather Graham. Oh yeah. No, no doubt. I, I'll tell you what. I take the blackout to know that I French kissed Heather Graham. I'd oh, be yeah. good with that. <laughs> totally. And then, of course, Ken Jong kind of became famous from this as Mr. Chow. And I think the great part about the first film is they don't go overboard with him. He's perfect in it because he's in it just a small amount of time. You just remember him. And then in future films, they kind of just they try to capitalize on that and put him, I think, more than he should have been in the in the future films. How did you how did you feel about him? I think he plays a great part and you hit it on the head, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I need to see him naked and all that. that that's <laughs> the whole other. Alan and Mr. Chow need to put pants on. Let's yeah. just, just let's say that all the way around. Uh-huh. Um, but you're absolutely right. Second and third movie do not compare to this first. Like I, I was looking forward to the second movie and I'm like, ah, this kind of fell flat. And I, I don't know if the crazy storyline and, you know, Tyson being in it and mm-hmm. the whole thing was, good enough and I didn't need a second movie but you're right they started going with Ken Heavy and I, I don't know it didn't work for me yeah by the third movie he was in it 
Oh, actually, he was, he was the main character, one of the main guys. And uh, yeah, the second one, the problem was, I, and I get it. They're like, you know, you got to make money, too. So they knew what worked. And so they pretty much copied it and just put it in Thailand. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are they're still enjoyable. I can still put them on, but nothing it matches the first. And that's why, you know, you go back to the originals, like you said, Animal House. There's no way they could make an Animal House, too, because it just it wouldn't have worked. Or they would have just copied. Yeah. And there's. There's pieces of this movie that no matter how many times I've watched it Mm -hmm. still makes me laugh, right? Oh, yeah. The whole thing about this isn't the real Caesars, is it? And I'm, I don't know why I start laughing, right? Or, or what was it that the doctor said? Is that the corner of get a map and fuck off? Like yeah. I've heard that so many times and it still makes me laugh. And my wife will be sitting there going, why do you laugh at that? That's not even funny. I'm like, I don't know. It just is funny to me. Well, or, or the baby yeah. being in the seatbelt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's over him wearing the baby Bjorn when he puts the glasses on him and, and everything. Yeah. But yeah, you bring up a great point about the doctor. The reason that's funny is like the doctor's kind of nice to them until they really start to get annoying. And that's when he when he says that line. So I think that's that's why it really works, too. There's yeah, there's so many great little character actors in here, uh, whether it be, you know, Stu's uh, wife or girlfriend, you know, Rachel Harris. Uh, you brought up Mike Tyson. Uh, Rob Riggle when they they do the uh, the taser on uh, yeah on, on Zach I mean it's amazing stuff. Uh, Rob is hilarious, but I was yeah. going to ask you this question: Would you negotiate <laughs> to demonstrate a stun gun not to spend the weekend in jail? I would. You know, I'm probably with you. I don't think I'd last in prison. I, I think I'm I'm exactly what they would be looking for. So yeah, I, I think I'd take the stun gun. Yeah, just take it in the balls. You're good to go, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably better than the four. I don't know, forehead or uh, yeah, yeah, in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole I will tell you though, the whole roofing, the Jägermeister, oh, that's yeah. break. That's breaking the bro code. Like I don't mind going out, getting stupid drunk, doing stupid stuff you don't remember. Uh, we've ended up at clubs where. Uh, our friend got taken into the back and we don't know if he's getting roughed up or not, but Mm. we're too busy having a good time. So we leave it alone, you know, that (laughs) kind of thing. Sure. But drugging the drinks like that ain't like that's breaking the bro code. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. Uh, Alan is so socially awkward. He doesn't have any friends. He doesn't know what a bro code is at all. You know, (laughs) he's so awkward. Yeah. It's, it's really, yeah, it's amazing, but how everything turns out. So uh, when did you, did you rewatch this or is this already, you know, kind of in your, your mental bank for movies? Oh yeah. I I see it probably at least two, three times a year. Mm -hmm. And this movie and rounders are Mm. like a staple watch before I go to Vegas. Yeah. Right. So it it just ends up being watched four, five, six times a year then. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, what are there any other takeaways you you take from this that uh, that you that you always remember or are there new things you pick up each time? Like the last time you watched it, was there anything new that you picked up? Um, There isn't really anything new that I pick up because I've watched it so intently because I'm trying to figure out like, you know, I get the stupid things like there's no way you can get to L.A. from um (laughs) Vegas, three and a half hours. I lived in Victorville. Victorville's to Caesar's Palace is exactly three hours. There's no okay. way you get to L.A. Right? right? You'd have to no traffic, hundred miles an hour type of thing. You can change in the car. I've done that tons of times. <laughs> yeah. There's no way to transport a tiger. Believe it or not, I tried that. There's no way to do that. Um, so there's there's things that I probably look too deep into, but I don't know if I pick up new stuff. Okay, you know and I mean? and. 
being and obviously you're on two uh, music podcasts. Um, how did you feel? There's some good songs on here. Um, you know, I, I really I really enjoy the use of Danzig in the beginning uh, with, with 13. But there's some other great stuff in there. Is there anything about the soundtrack that stood out for you? Yeah, it's cool. They use the Donnas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Tyson singing in the air tonight. Oh, that's, that's classic. Wow. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised he did that. Like, it's cool that he's okay with kind of being made a fool of a little bit. Yeah. Right. Uh, because I'll tell you, getting foobard, uh, peeing in a pool sounds like fun, but that <laughs> probably don't want to do it in Mike Tyson's pool. Yeah. Um, but I think the Baja men were they, they were probably pretty big by the time this came out. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That, yeah. that song was huge. Yeah. So uh, it was good songs. I wish there was more rock in it. They had a little bit of Wolf Mother, I think, in there, but I wish there was more rock because, you know, Vegas is kind of rock. I don't know if it's more hip hop back here, but I always feel like it's more rock. Yeah. And that, and g- good call with Wolf Mother because that's a, that was a perfect song for when he's kind of doing the Rain Man thing at the poker table or the blackjack table. Yeah. 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 I like the Rain Man tie in. I thought that was good. I thought it was terrific. And then having the numbers kind of go up and the screen, you, know, you put a little graphic in there. Yeah. That was really well done. So, yeah. I'm lucky I don't have a weird brother in law, but there's no way somebody's <laughs> hugging me with a jock strap on. Like, that's not happening. <laughs> Well, I think we covered it all. This has been great. When we, d- I, I do have the other two movies, so eventually we'll get there, and then we'll, we'll talk about what didn't work in those. But for this, it's a classic. And as always, thank you so much, Sonny. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, we're back with one of my favorite guests. We always have a great time talking. Bill Roseberry, he's back. Welcome back, Bill. What's going on, Brian? Well, you're part of my wolf pack, and so let's uh, <laughs> let's get into the original Hangover. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the sequels, but uh, w- let's talk about by far the best the best version. When this first came out, now did you see it as a trailer? Was it word of mouth? Was it something that immediately grabbed your attention? How how did you first uh, see the Hangover? I believe it was kind of word of mouth, and I don't think I went to the show to see it. I think I saw it after it came out, but some of my buddies, well, I was playing a lot of softball then, mm-hmm. and a lot of the guys on my softball team had seen it, and oh my God, they were just raving about how <laughs> awesome it was. And I mean, it really was. It 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 was a, a breath of fresh air in the com- comedic world, because I know we've discussed this before, and, and I know you believe the same thing, that mm-hmm. the world of comedy has gone way downhill in the oh, last yeah. decade or or more, last 20 years. And sure. The Hangover was is is an absolute classic and and uh, just was was perfect at the time because it was just so hilarious when it came out. Oh, it's perfect and, and yeah, totally nailed it. Of the of the Wolf Pack, who do you identify with the most of, of the four guys? Wow, who do I identify with? Boy, I don't know. Um, or who would you want to be? Um. Oh, I mean, I mean, think you you want to be Phil, don't you? <laughs> of course. Of I course. mean, that's who you want to be. I, I, s- sadly enough, maybe maybe Alan. <laughs> I know that's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's it's... nobody like Alan. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I'd say probably a cross between Alan and Doug is kind of where I'd see myself. More. Yeah. Because Doug, Doug is actually a pretty cool guy. He's just kind of low key, and he's got right. a beautiful fiance. And so, yeah, that's that's a thing. I think the 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 saddest one is probably Ed Helms because you think he's got it together. He's a dentist, but he's such a a pushover, especially with his girlfriend. And and the girlfriend right. plays so well. 
Oh my God! What a bitch! Oh, she, yeah. She is, yeah, but he gets his revenge at the end. Nope. Oh, I was Alan! Just say Alan's Alan's great though. I I I had already knew Zach Galifianakis pretty well from a movie called Out Cold. Have you ever seen that? No, no, I haven't. Okay, it's got um, Jason London. It was which London was in Dazed and Confused? Was it Jeremy and? Jeremy uh, London, I think I Jeremy think London so. was dazed and confused. So Jason London did a movie called Out Cold. Okay. It takes place in in Aspen, I believe it's Aspen or it's Colorado out there. It's a, a skiing community, and they're just drunken idiots, and they're they're tr- they're coming in to try and take over this ski community community uh it's got lee majors is rich <laughs> and he's gonna come in and he's gonna buy their ski resort and they're okay. trying to fight lee majors and all this stuff and so zach galifianakis is one of the guys in there and he's freaking hilarious he keeps getting drunk and he gets drunk all the time and he passes out and they keep doing stuff to him and he's great like they they put him in a car while he's passed out, put him behind the steering wheel, and then they get it out on the ice, and they start spinning it in circles, <laughs> and then they all jump in the car with him and start screaming. <laughs> and he wakes up, and the car's just spinning in circles, and he's like, ah! And he's, like, <laughs> trying to straighten it out. And, oh, it's hilarious. I mean, and they do, they, they he passes out, and they stick him out in, a, out in the snow on the ski lift, and a bear comes up to him, and is like, they stick him out there in his underwear and they stick something in his pants and the bears like down there, like licking down in his underwear and stuff. And he wakes up and this yeah, sounds I mean, it's like uh, the modern um, hot dog, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, now I've never seen that, but oh yeah, it's, it's eighties cheese at its finest. It's, it's but, one of those, uh, you know, uh, you know, eighties uh, sex comedies. Oh, well, out out cold has definitely got an '80s comedy vibe to it for sure. Okay. But that was my introduction to Zach Galifianakis, and I thought he was hilarious in that. And now, out cold probably came out. Came out in 2001. 2001. Okay, yeah. I was going to say it was right around that time. So it's been a long time because what The Hangover was '09, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. Right. So you're looking eight years, and all of a sudden this guy pops up. And I was like, oh, that guy's hilarious. You didn't know him from his stand-up? Uh, no, not really. I, okay. I knew he'd done some kind of a show or something, too, right? Yeah, he had a Comedy Central special. Yeah, I actually right. saw him on one of, like a New Year's Eve comedy jam here in the Bay Area uh, oh, in the really? early 2000s. He's He was hilarious. I mean, because he does like these non-sequitur jokes while he's playing the piano. So, <laughs> yeah, he's he's, he's great. great. He is. And, I mean, I watch Baskets now. On, oh, on, sure. Uh, yeah, on, on FX. Uh, yeah, he's I, – I think I think he's hilarious. But, you know, so seeing him in The Hangover I, I thought was great. Obviously, Justin Bartha I knew from the uh, National Treasure movies with Nick Nolte or Nick Oh, Nolte sure. Cage. Uh-huh. And, then, um, and then Bradley Cooper I had seen in, like, um, I guess Wedding Crashers and mm. – uh, um, Oh, uh, uh, failure to launch with Matthew McConaughey, but yeah. I didn't really know much about him. And I mean, this movie just kind of put all these guys and Ed Helms. I didn't know anything about Ed Helms when I In saw office. Him. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like all these and, guys now you see them like, oh, oh, they had a huge cast. No, none of these guys were big until after no. the movie. Other than Heather Graham. And she's then the course, only one. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, oh, Jeffrey Tambor. Oh, yeah. Great. But even yeah. even Ken. Ken Jong. I mean, nobody knew who Ken Jong was. That that 
you know, Hangover made him. Absolutely. And and then you get Mike Epps, who plays the other D- right. Black Doug. And yeah, then, Black Doug. And then Rob Riggle's hilarious. And That's uh, the first time yeah. I ever saw Rob Riggle, too. Exactly. In the not, face. Not you, fat Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And then his partner, Cleo King, she's so great. And uh, Brian Callen, who plays the, the wedding chapel guy. Oh, oh this, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was fantastic. I mean, just riot from beginning to end. I had so much fun re-watching it to do this you know i mean i just like the beginning when uh when they're when doug and and uh alan are getting fitted for their tuxes or whatever and uh and and uh alan yells at the guy that's measuring them out and and uh he's like and uh doug's like he's just measuring well he's getting too close to my shaft right, don't touch my shaft don't touch my shaft i'm like what the hell <laughs> Oh yeah, and him wearing the 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 shirts and uh, oh he oh. he's just so great and the baby you know Carlos the baby. Oh. Well, we had a Dirty Dave that used mm-hmm. to do the you know Dirty Dave that would do the show with with Mike and I. You right. know he's got a big beard, and when Elijah his son was a baby, he had one of those and he'd wear it on his chest like the that. Baby Bjorn. <laughs> yeah, we go to a Cardinal game. <laughs> and it's probably about 2011 or 2012, and he's got that on with Elijah on front of him on the front. Actually, yeah, probably about maybe about 2014. I think Elijah's six now, so okay. he's got that on, and he's got and he's got his beard and everything. And I remember taking a picture of him and sending it out to all our friends, and I was like, "Look who I found at the Cardinal game! It's Alan." <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just Alan was he's he's iconic. I mean from those movies oh he really is i mean there's so many great uh yeah i can't even go through all the lines you know he did but then when he kind of has the rain man moment you know where he said yeah he was a retard yeah yeah a retard (laughs) retard (laughs) that is all zach galifianakis you know watching the the commentary a lot of the stuff he just come up with himself i mean even the scene where he's having the baby jerking off and everything yeah he was doing that off camera and the and uh todd phillips the director was like oh we just got to put this in you know that's that's how it was well, and Todd Phillips is great. I mean, he is. You know, guys like and Todd Phillips has done a lot of great movies. I mean, he kind of did. Alan to The Hangover is kind of what Frank was to old school. You Absolutely. Know? I, mean, Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of the same situation. I mean, Will Ferrell kind of has that same kind of delivery as Galifianakis in a lot of ways. So, yeah, they're they're kind of awkward, and it, it's just hilarious to me. It is, and then he also did uh, Road Trip was like his first like big film and similar type. Oh, of... I forgot that he did Road Trip. Yeah, and that's yeah. a fun movie too. Oh yeah, it is, and I even like uh, I even like Starsky and Hutch. Me too. Um, Me too. And did he do Wedding Crashers too? Was that Todd Phillips? I don't know. I don't think he did that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Starsky and Hutch. I'm a big fan of Starsky and Hutch too. Yeah, but yeah, so. that, that that one's great, and uh, with uh, Ben Stiller, do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we get back into it. Uh, there's so many great guest stars that we, as we, as we said. <laughs> so when the Mike Tyson scene came in, were, were you like, where the hell are they going to go with this? Like, uh, how, did, how did you feel about the Tyson cameo? Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, 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 I cracked up as soon as I saw him. I mean, because even by that point, Mike Tyson had kind of become a, a character of himself. Sure. I mean, sometimes when you think back to it, it's like, how is this guy beloved now? You know, I mean, like, oh, I know. I mean, he became this beloved 
just kind of figure now. And it's like, this guy was spent time in prison. He was beating on his women. He bit another man's ear off. Yeah. And now everybody's like, oh, Mike Tyson, he's so fun and nice. And it's like, you know, Mike Tyson's got a lot of demons in his closet, you oh. know, and yeah. And I mean, it's just kind of cracks me up sometimes how, you know, like what they ended up turning Ozzy into with the Osbournes and stuff, too, you know. Yeah, um, actually, you're right. Because it's you know, similar. Totally. Because Ozzy, you know, we're going to go off a tangent here, but Ozzy, you know, was arrested for almost trying to kill Sharon. Of course, yeah. he was biting the heads off things. And yeah, it's funny. Like, whoever their PR people or hire them if you ever have a crisis. So. Oh, for <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. my, I, I remember. I mean, you're you're close to my age, so yeah. so um, I remember my dad worked for Amico, and when the, when it closed down in in our area, he moved back up towards the Chicago area mm-hmm. inside Indiana to a to a plant. So it was just my mom and I, because I'm an only child, living in our home, and I'd have my buddies over for stuff all the time. I was in college, and I just went college locally and lived at home while I went to college. So we got. The Tyson Holyfield fight at my oh, house, and all uh-huh. my buddies came over. I talked my mom into it. It was expensive, mm-hmm. expensive, oh, yeah. and I just remember how pissed we all were. My buddy Billy was yelling at my mom afterwards, going, "Carol, you're not paying for that shit. You <laughs> call them back, and you want your tell them you want your money back." Yeah, you know. I mean, oh my god, we were so mad, and I remember how insane he was he's yelling at the camera i'll eat his children i'll eat his children (laughs) i'm like what the hell is wrong with this guy and holyfield's sitting there getting interviewed with a his half his ears gone oh i know it was insane but you think about it now there's no box there the heavy like boxing's dead it's all uh you know mixed martial arts and and all the other stuff yeah right it is but but i mean my my point is is then all of a sudden Todd Phillips puts Mike Tyson in the hangover and it's like all's forgotten. Yeah. Now he's this fun loving, like awesome guy. And he is, he's got, he is funny. Like he's got some kind of delivery to him to where he was great in those scenes, you know? Absolutely. They, they totally wrote him in perfectly. Uh, the ending. So the ending is iconic. Cause it, I, I did not see this coming when I saw it in the theater, uh, you know, you go on this great ride, they're done, and then all of a sudden they show all the photos, and the theater was just rolling. And there's nothing like seeing a movie for the first time when you don't know something's going to happen. Right. And and when that happened, everyone was dying. How, how how did you you know how did you react when you when you saw that the 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 end credits? Oh, I was the same way. I mean, because yeah. that's the buildup for that you've oh. been talking about all these things and you've been hearing all these stories, but you haven't seen any of it. Exactly. And then when you get to see those pictures during the credits. It just, you're right. It's a perfect ending to all of it. You know, it was just, it was, it was so well done. Even, even the fact it's a comedy, but it's got a suspense to it too. Totally. You, you have no clue where Doug's at, you know, yeah. and they're trying to piece together this. So, you know, if you like suspense movie, it's like adding suspense in with your comedy. It was just so well done. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. great. And, and it bears repeat viewing, not just for the comedy, but when you start to, like, you know what's happened, you know where Doug actually is, then you start to look for things like, oh, they're clues now. And that's yeah. that's what's great about that, too. Right. And then, like, when they, when they, get, when they get Chow out of the trunk. Oh. I mean, <laughs> God, and... 
He was great, wasn't he? He was, and, oh. and now we'll get we'll briefly go into the sequels. I think the yeah. problem with the sequels, well, the second one was they basically just repeated the first movie, but the yeah. third one, they took what was great about Chow and they just did it way too much. They made him part of almost the wolf pack. And the great part about the first movie was just he was he was in there enough to where he cracks you up and then he goes away. So right. yeah, I don't know. How, how do you feel about the other two movies? I didn't like the third one at all. I do like the second one, but it is. I watched it, so when we watched, when I knew we weren't going to talk talk about it in length, but I went ahead and watched it after I sure. watched the first one because I have it. I don't have the third one, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it was it was a lot of the same same tricks over again. It's still funny. I mean, oh, totally. You know, it's it's hilarious. Like when he's when they're at the strip clubs and you find out that that's. You know, yeah, it's not a, a man, a yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're, you know, oh, it's so, it's, it's just so uncomfortable when they're having that conversation. Oh yeah. But, I mean that. I mean there are funny. The monkey's funny too, but the monkey basically just replaces the baby. You know. Exactly. Exactly. And, and they and they do the whole picture thing at the end too. Right. Right. They do that again too. But yeah, and then the, this time the monkey starts putting his mouth on other people like it's still like a sex joke you know where totally. he makes the baby jerk off i mean so yeah yeah it, they, they that's the problem a lot of times with comedies i think in general is the first the first one is so strong yeah and then when they when they try and recreate that they just kind of just do variations of the same jokes and you kind of lose it. I mean, you yeah. know, Anchorman's like that to me. Anchorman 2 is terrible. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to see that. I went to the show to see it. I think I went to the show to see the uh, Hangover Part 2 uh-huh. because I love the Hangover so much. Sure. Well, it's and, like uh, American Pie. They Same thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was the same thing. But yeah, the, the um, this, this movie, The Hangover, is just totally, totally iconic. I mean, from him pulling his tooth out oh. to you know, um, you know, Alan with the baby and and um, all the all the different things that happened. Uh, him getting married to Heather <laughs> Graham. He- Heather Graham was awesome in it too. Oh, she's perfect. Yeah. So I mean, it was just just a just a great movie. I feel bad. Ju- part Justin Bartha doesn't get to really, you know, be a part of all this. Well, I guess he gets to be a part of the fun. He just yeah. doesn't have to be. He doesn't get to be a part of all the craziness the next day. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, he's kind of an understated character, as is his fiance. I mean, she's kind of in it a little bit, but yeah, for the for the most part, no, you don't. It's it's the the three guys for for the majority. Isn't it fun, man? Phil, wouldn't it be cool to just be able to stay that calm in all situations? Oh yeah, everyone wants to be Phil. He's he's super cool. He's he's a good looking guy. He's got it made, and uh, yeah, they don't even really get into his home life because you realize that this was all a uh, Phil's not as crazy as you think. He's kind of got a calm home life. He's got a kid. He's got a, a beautiful wife, and you find that at yeah. the end. But uh, up until then, you think he's just like a derelict, like the other guys. So, yeah, he's yeah. a he's a school teacher. I totally. mean. Yeah. I mean, Phil was a guy who was probably super wild, and then he met her, got married, had a kid, yeah. calmed down. I got buddies that are like that. Sure, you know, we, you know, we'd get on a trip like this, and they'd do crazy stuff. So, but yeah, uh, and, and I loved in the beginning, he's basically taking the field trip money for his Vegas stash. Right, right, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, he he was just so cool. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Well, as always, thank you so much, Bill, and we'll definitely have you on soon. All right. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure. 
Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.